recorded live. Yes, it's Marty McFly and Doc Brown, if you will, for another Wrestling Revisited, ladies and gentlemen. One seven two four 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 seven four four four. Caller ID number one three nine nine two six. And of course, you can talk to the nice man Jerry DiGiolvo, your host tonight, and the phenomenal one, the bad guy King NWO Gerard T. Smithauer. As this is Wrestling Revisited, episode number thirty-one for Tuesday, June twenty-eighth, twenty sixteen. And before we start out the show, ladies and gentlemen, we have some somber news to report. However, in the world of sports, and of course, we'll talk more about. It here on uh, Wrestling uh, Outside the Ropes tomorrow night, 14138 7 6.30 p.m. with Mr. WCW Chad Henshaw, along with uh, Gerard T. Smith and yours truly, the Iceman. In the world of sports, however, we lost two big legends today, however, in more ways than one. The first of which, of course, was Pat Summit, the legendary Tennessee Volunteers women's basketball coach who early this morning, however, we talked about yesterday on Raw Radio and her health hour, hoping that she was going to make a recovery after suffering apparently dementia, however, passed away in her sleep, we understand, late last night slash early this morning at the age of 64. The University of Tennessee, of course, uh, mourning her passing in a big-time way, as well as her fans, her friends, her um, family, and all of us here at the show, as well as all of our shows here on TalkShoe.com, I'd like to say to all those Tennessee people out there, our prayers are with you tonight. However, certainly a very heartbreaking loss in the world of sports. Pat Summit, a true pioneer in the world of sports, however, as well as outside of sports, however, as an individual. Gerard, uh, your thoughts about this untimely passing and shocking uh, untimely passing of Pat Summit? Very sad to hear this news. Yes, yes it is. And of course, uh, we are still uh, going to find out more information as the week goes along, when she will be uh, having her funeral and everything. It seems like this year it has been a crazy year, losing a lot of big figures over the course of the year. Another legend, of course, uh, for you football fans, of course, Buddy Ryan, the former Philadelphia Eagles coach, of course, back in the late 80s, who coached Randall Cunningham, and who at one time was an assistant coach to... Uh, Mike Dicka, back in 1985, when the Chicago Bears, the Monsters of the Midway, won their only Super Bowl, led by Jim McMahon, of course, the late, great Walter Payne, of course, passed away also earlier today at the age of 82. Buddy Ryan, of course, uh, a very unique figure in the world of sports, of course, especially in the city of Philadelphia, where our good friend, the birthday boy, Big Diesel Gregory Kramer, who will be turning 23 tomorrow, of course. I know the city of Philadelphia is in uh, very, uh, well... Somewhat a state of uh, shock and somewhat of a heartache tonight, however, as they lost one of their former great uh, legendary uh, figures, if you will. Of course, Buddy Ryan, as we said, he also coached the Chicago Bears and assistant to Mike Dicka back in 1985. And he also had a couple other stops. Of course, his son, of course, is known as Rex Ryan, the former New York Jets football coach, and now with the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, Rex also has his brother Rob Ryan working with him as a defensive coach. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the uh, untimely passing of Buddy Ryan earlier today? Great guy, great coach. He'll be sadly missed. Yes, he will. And there will be one other thing we will talk about, and we will touch upon that here as we go along here this afternoon, or this evening. I almost said this afternoon, I this evening, uh, before the end of the evening. So uh, tonight, of course, we are going to reflect upon those two and uh, definitely give you our thoughts in more ways than one, as we already did, Howard. But uh, like I said, our hearts and uh, 
our minds are with the family and friends of both Pat uh, Summit and Buddy Ryan, and certainly our prayers are with them too. But right now we're going to talk something positive. And Gerard, of course, has got our great retro time machine moment tonight, Howard. So we're going to dwell on the positive things, Howard, rather than the negative things, at least for the time being. And Gerard, of course, has picked a great moment for us tonight. So Gerard, tell us what moment do we got tonight? World War Three, but I can't rem- I can't remember which one Kevin Nash and Scott Hall was in. Was that '98? I think so. I'm just pulling up right now. Let's take a look. I think it was 1998. Let's see here. '98 uh, was uh, that was actually Kevin Nash won in '98. However, yes, however, that was in 1998. However, called um, Total Destruction, if you will, however, but. Uh, Kevin Nash won the Battle World that year, of course. Uh, Hall had won in 97. So which one do you feel like going with tonight? Mr. Nash. All right. So we will take you back now to November 22nd, 1998, the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan, just outside of Detroit Rock City. Quite a venue, of course, earlier that year. I believe we all saw what happened in July when Hulk Hogan, of course, won the infamous, or should I say, dropped the infamous WCW World Title to the man himself, Bill Goldberg. Of course, we'll talk about Bill Goldberg here in just a little bit, but Gerardo's going to tell us about some of these moments that happened at World War III. Of course, this was the last year they would have World War III, however, oddly enough, because it started in 1995, and by the end of 1998, in late November, however, the WCW name said, you know what, we're not going to go with it no more, and for the last two years that the company was around, they changed the name from World War III to Mayhem. But speaking of Mayhem, there was Mayhem on this night, and Gerard will tell us the moments and his thoughts on each match as well as myself. So, Gerard, the stage is yours, my friend. Yes, let's do that. All right. All right. The first match on the docket is Wrath defeated Glacier in eight minutes and 22 minutes. uh, Eight minutes and 22 seconds. Yes. And Wrath, of course, better known to you all as Brian Clark at one time, a teammate of Brian Adams, the late Kona Crush, late member of the tag team known as Chronic, which would play into effect in the latter part of the 2000-2001 era, if you will. However, your thoughts about this opening matchup? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I was always I was always a uh, fan of both. Um, but I, I really dug Glacier. Um, mm-hmm. I wish it went somewhere else. Yes. Like, it didn't go, uh, it didn't go, uh, as planned. Like, they felt it up, they put snow when he came, and they, it was such a big build-up. Yes. And, uh, I understand now, however, believe it or not, in his, uh, spare time, however, believe it or not, however, he, uh, has pursued an acting career in both film and television, and one of the, uh, films he appeared in, however, a low-budget film called Bloodbath in 2002. He also appeared on Walker, Texas Ranger. He is a former Southeastern super heavyweight full karate contact champion. Of course, he is 52 years old, excuse me, 52 years old, mind you. He stands 6'2", 240, was trained by uh, the power plant, of course, Mr. Wrestling 2. 
along with Bullet Bob Armstrong, however, believe it or not, who back in the day competed, of course, in the old Georgia Championship Wrestling Mid-Atlantic Territory, if you will. However, uh, the sad part about Jafar, I meant to say Glacier, uh, he just never got the break he deserved. I mean, like you said, how I mean, he had a good run a little bit, but his time in WCW, but he just never got the call by WWE. And it's a shame, because I think he would have done really well in WWE had they given him this type of gimmick. Uh, your thoughts about uh, Glacier and of this match in particular? I thought it was a great gimmick. It just didn't go as far as they thought it was. Mm-hmm. And overall, it was a good match. Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, uh, proceed to our next match then, if you would, sir. Stevie Ray with Vincent defeated Conan by disqualification. Six minutes and 55 seconds. Yes, and of course, Stevie Ray at one time was a member of the infamous great duo known as Harlem Heat. Vincent, of course, better known as uh, Virgil, if you will, from uh, Pittsburgh, my neck of the woods. I had a chance to meet him a long time ago, and uh, his life is really, really bottomed out ever since he got out of wrestling. The last I heard, he's charging people like 20 30 bucks an autograph at these uh, independent shows now. And it seems like his life is just completely falling off the face of the earth, mind you. Conan, of course, we know at one time was a member of the Filthy Animals, if you will, that consisted of Ray Mysterio Jr. and whatnot. He also was known as Max Moon, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the Latin Fury, uh, Conan El Barbarian. Barber, if you will. Of course, he was trained by Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio's father. Super Astro made his pro debut in 1987. He's 52 years old, and I believe he still wrestles on the independent scene, if you will, however. Mind you, as an agent and part-time wrestler, of course, he uh, last appeared in a show a year ago, of course, when he was uh, organizing a show, however, called The Crash in Tijuana, Mexico. At that time, of course, uh, he saw one of his fellow wrestlers El Hilo Puro Aguayo died in a very freak accident, of course. He was also matched by some very unique guys, however, including Kevin Sullivan, Tori Wilson, and Jimmy Hart back in the day. He also uh, won the WCW US title once, as well as the TV title once, and also the Tag Team Championship twice, once with Kidman, once with uh, Rey Mysterio Jr., of course. Uh, he also, at one time during his career, however, also put his mask and hair on the line in certain matches. Uh, one of the matches he uh, did uh, put his mask on the line and did lose, however, to was, of course, the man he organized the event for, as we mentioned a year ago, Piro Aguayo, back in March of 1991 at Mexico City. And, of course, that match saw Conan lose the match. Um, overall, however, Conan, looking at his stats here, he defended the mask four times, however, and all four times, he actually five times, excuse me, and out of those five times, he won every match but one. The only time he did not win, as I mentioned, was with Piero Aguayo. Uh, that being said, uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the Stevie Rain uh, Conan going ahead here at World War III? Well, it was a pretty good match overall. Yes, yes. And, of course, that leads us to our next match. So with that being said, let's go to the next match. Please tell us what it is. Somebody better call his mama, Ernest Miller and Sonny Ono defeated Perry Saturn and Kaz Hibashi. Eight minutes and four seconds. Yes, and of course, Ernest the Cat Miller, as we mentioned, of course, was a karate fighter in his own right. Of course, he also at one time was a WWE announcer that I really just never thought he was all that great as far as an announcer goes. Sonny Ono, though, 
I'll tell you, you talk about the most uh, unique managers back in the day, Howard. Sonny Ono definitely was one of those. I mean, he had a lot of guys in his stable, including uh, Yuji Nagata, Bull Nakano, Kenzie Sasaki, Sikosis, the Ultimate Dragon, Akira Hokuto, uh, and Ohara. However, he also had a team in New Japan that consisted of Jushin Liger, Mazo Saito, Shinjo Otani, Tenzan, Hoji Kanemoto, and of course the great Suzuki along with the Park and Psychosis. A lot of people said that um, he should have gotten more what he deserved. Of course, he only managed four years, but he was voted during that time three times the worst manager of all time. And I don't know why, because I think he was very talented as a manager, even though Bobby the Brain Heenan would uh, totally disagree with me. He said he'd probably be one of the best managers ever because he had a lot of guys that he managed. But he also at one time was a member of the Professional Karate Association by competing in that federation and becoming good friends with a certain person by the name of Eric Bischoff, who, of course, uh, came out with the DVD just recently. And, of course, Sonny Ono was on that DVD talking about how he first met Bischoff and how the two of them became very good friends within a short period of time by uh, inventing a game called Ninja Star Wars. Believe it or not, if you've not seen that story or heard that story, you might want to check that out, folks. It's a pretty unique story. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this matchup between these four guys, especially with Saturn Kaz Hayushi, uh, one guy that owned at one time match, but unfortunately sent packing and went with Ernest Miller instead in this one. Uh, great match. Yes, yes. Okay, with that said, it's our third match in the eight here. Of course, there are eight matches on the docket, so I am hearing directly from some people telling me this. So with that said, let's go to our next match. Billy Kidman defeated Hubertu Guerrero for the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship in 15 minutes and 27 seconds. Yes, yes. And talking about uh, Kimmin and Guerrero, Guerrero, excuse me, Guerrero, I should say, uh, that's what I liked about WCW. I've talked about this many times on all of our shows. The Cruiserweight division was always fun to watch. I mean, whether you had guys like Kidman, Sikosis, Rey Mysterio, Juventud, Guerrero, Super Calo, uh, the Ultimo Dragon, uh, Jujin Thunder Liger, Eddie Guerrero, Atani. Uh, it didn't really matter. I mean, you had a lot of great cruiserweights came from Mexico and Japan. Of course, they always found a way to steal the show no matter what. Uh, I found this matchup very, very exciting. Of course, Kim, of course, was just fresh off of uh, being in Raven's uh, nest, if you will. Of course, at one time, he consisted of Raven, Perry Saturn, Raven, and Van Hammer, the artist formerly known as Van Hammer, I should say, excuse me, along with two other big guys known as Reese, and I forget the other guy's name. I mean, he was a big, strong guy, but... Uh, he didn't amount Sick to any. Uh, Sick Boy, that's it, yes, thank you, that's it, yep, I knew you would know it. Sick Boy, yes, indeed, it was Sick Boy, who at one time in the early 2000s got a couple tryouts with WWE and dark matches, but really never amounted to anything. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the Cruiserweight battle here, because to me, like I said, I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. Yes, I did too. Uh, I was a big fan of Billy Kidman. Um... In and out of the flock, uh, I was a fan of Juventud Guerrera, too, so yes. uh, very good overall. Yes, yes, indeed, no question about it. And uh, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our next match. Of course, a little bit of a hometown flavor here coming up, we understand, in this next match, I understand. Yes, yes, it was. Brother versus brother, Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner with 
buffed the stuff Bagwell to a no contest. Yes. And, of course, Rick Steiner earlier in the year, as we know, um, apparently injured Buff Bagwell with a botched spot. We understand on the Thunder show, of course, Bagwell was out for a couple months due to this injury. He came back, and just when it looked like he was ready to accept Steiner's apology because uh, Rick did have to go out there and apologize to Buff, and Buff did kind of accept Steiner's apology. He fooled us all, however, along with his brother Scott Steiner, by attacking the dog face cream. Of course, the Steiner brothers would also later on... Uh, be reunited a few years later as a duo one more time. However, this time is a heel faction rather than as a face faction. Uh, that being said, your thoughts about this matchup? Uh, it was good overall. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course, these two brothers, of course, went to the University of Michigan and are from Detroit. So uh, definitely a lot of people had very mixed emotions to see the brothers go out of here on this night. I personally did myself because I thought Rick Steiner should have on a better shake on the whole deal rather than Scott Steiner and Bagwell. Of course, we talked about how crazy Scott Steiner has been over the years. And, of course, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, known as Buff the Stuff Bagwell. Of course, he's had a very unique uh, after wrestling career, even though he continues to make appearances on certain things, however, including uh, TV shows known as uh, Charmed. And also, he appeared in the one-time show, um, believe it or not, uh, TV show known as Gigolos. But uh, back in the day, in the early 90s, he was a pretty good team tag team wrestler by teaming with guys like uh, Two Colt Scorpio, Scotty Riggs, and Shane Douglas. Of course, uh, he would also team up with the Patriot, better known to you all as Del Wilkes, who would later go on to the WWE, of course. Uh, but when he teamed up with Scorpio in the early 90s, I thought a lot of people thought that this guy has a lot of potential. This guy has a lot of uh, charisma. Unfortunately, however, after attacking his one-time uh, American Males mate, uh, Scotty Riggs, that's when he kind of uh, saw his career go downhill suddenly, in my opinion. I mean, he just totally uh, started getting arrogant more and more with the fans. He started getting more and more arrogant with his fellow workers as well as the backstage personnel. And he just developed a little bit of a swelled head, if you will. And one of those times that uh, happened when he had a swell head, however, almost cost him his job in the process. And as a result, he kind of had to uh, sit out a period of time due to this. But uh, when he came back, of course, he did not apologize whatsoever. But uh, one thing that's pretty wild about him is about four years ago, I mean, this story now, he was injured in an auto accident, however, and he was kept in the hospital for a number of weeks, however, due to the fact, however, he uh, needed... uh, to uh, be, well, rebuilt, so to speak, as he suffered injuries to his neck, face, and jaw. As a result, he was in the hospital, however, mind you, for about a few months, however, and shortly thereafter, he had four plates surgically inserted in his face, and his jaw was wired shut following surgery. As a result, however, he uh, spent, like I said, about a month in the hospital before returning home, and the last I heard about Bagwell, however, this is going to make you laugh, and I think a lot of people laugh about this, however, he now works as a male escort for the website Cowboys for Angels. So it looks like Bagwell's done somewhat uh, rather interesting things with his career since getting out of wrestling. And he also has a film called The Good, the Bad, and the Buff, The Marcus Bagwell Journey. So he's definitely become quite a fixture outside of wrestling in more ways than one. All right. With that said, let's go to our third to last match here, World War Three, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh, Gerard, please. Back to the matches. What do we got next? Um. 
Jericho champ versus or defeated Bobby Duncan Jr. for the TV title. 13 minutes, 19 seconds. Yes. Your thoughts about this matchup? I thought it was a great matchup. Yes. And, of course, Chris Jericho, we know about his history, of course. Uh, the Lionheart, who is uh, the first ever undisputed world champion. Of course, he's been all over the world wrestling over the years, whether it be in Japan or Mexico. Of course, he is one of Canada's greatest wrestlers, of course, from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. His father, of course, used to play hockey for the New York Rangers. Uh, the one thing I found appalling, however, and kind of surprising, when Jericho first came into the WWE about a year later after this uh, pay-per-view, that he never brought in his assistant, Ralphus. And I don't know why WWE did not allow that to happen. I think it would have been more fun for him if he asked me. It just seemed like they were kind of shying away from this. But this would be one of the last few times that Jericho would have a decent push going for him in WCW because a few months later he would start flipping out. He would start freaking out about what uh, they were doing with him and before you knew it, about six, seven months later, however, after just being regulated to job duty, he just kind of uh, lost his cool, so to speak, and decided to jump ship to the WWE, let's just say, for the first time. Um, as far as Bobby Duncan Jr., of course, he would later go on to form a group with um, uh, Kurt Henning and other people and call himself one of the West Texas Rednecks, of course. Uh, he would also appear with the group with Kendall Windham, of course. Unfortunately, sad to say, however, he uh, died of an accidental overdose, however, back in 2000 at a very young age in 34, believe it or not, of course, his father. The late Bobby Duncan Sr. was also a pro wrestler. Of course, Bobby Duncan Sr. is still very much around. He is going to be 72 years old this year, referring to Bobby Duncan Sr. Of course, Bobby Duncan uh, Sr., of course, was at one time managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, along with the Grand Wizard Ernie Roth, and of course, the late great Gary Hart. He also, um, believe it or not, uh, feuded with uh, guys that included Bob Backlund, Bruno San Martino, Nick Bockwinkel, Ray Stevens, and Black Jack Lanza, if you will. But uh, that being said, however, unfortunately, it was just sad to say, however, that um, Duncan uh, left us way too soon at the age of 34. And had he lived, how I think he would have been a great wrestler, because in 2003, they ranked him 494 out of the top 500 guys. And in 2009, I believe they ranked him 220 or 225, if I'm not mistaken, out of the top 500. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about Bobby Duncan Jr.? Okay, I believe Gerard is with us here. Gerard, are you still with us, sir? Okay, I think Gerard might have had to step out for a second. Let's see. Let's try him again. Gerard, are you with us again? Okay, I believe Gerard had to step out for just a brief minute. Now let's give you the number again. one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID number one three nine nine two six. This is episode thirty one of Wrestling Revisited. Of course, uh, I am the Ice Manager DJ along with my co host tonight, the phenomenal and king NBO, the bad guy himself, Gerard T. Smith, who each and every Saturday you can listen to him and the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds on the Wrestling Attitude Radio at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time every Saturday night. They'll give you the Raw SmackDown NXT report as well as pay-per-view prediction reports each and every week. However, when there's a pay-per-view going on every week, uh, this Saturday should be a very good show. Of course, there'll be a lot to talk about. Of course, you can listen to our other show, 
the wrestling debate, of course, begins at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. However, we'll have a lot to talk about. Gerard, myself, and Michelle will be your moderators at the table. And who knows what we'll be discussing. The caller ID will be 139925. Um, coming up at 9 o'clock tonight, we will also have Wrestling Revolution for you as well as uh, tomorrow night and Friday night, the caller ID is 138055. We'll be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw, of course, a very interesting night last night that happened in Tampa, and which we'll discuss that here in just a few minutes. Of course, the ratings, unfortunately, went back to going into a nosedive this week, unfortunately. After having a pretty good show last week in Phoenix, they kind of went back to earth and crashed hard a little bit this week, sinking at a 2.2, ladies and gentlemen. So, unfortunately, it was not a good enough rating in Tampa last night put up a good fight, especially with uh, WWE Battleground coming up in four weeks, of course. The big news earlier in the week, of course, Roman Reigns being suspended for 30 days. So, unfortunately, with Roman Reigns being out for 30 days, how are the first night of Roman Reigns uh, not showing up on Monday Night Raw, at least for the next four weeks? Kind of fizzled, however, and we'll talk more about that coming up tonight on Revolution. The car ID number will begin at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at 138055 pound and the number one. Let's try Gerard again. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Yeah. Okay, we were talking about Bobby Duncan Jr., and I'm sure you just heard me say that the Raw Reigns kind of tanked again. Unfortunately, they did not do very well. A 2-2 rating this week. Uh, your thoughts about last night's Monday Night Raw show from Tampa? Um, I thought the Seth Rollins part were good. Yes, I would agree. I think it was very interesting. He would touch upon the whole Roman Reigns thing at the start of the show. I thought that was crazy that he did that. WWE let him do that. That's nuts. Yeah, I was. I told, I told that to John too. I told that to John actually this afternoon. Believe it, and John, for her two ladies and gentlemen, John Gross, our uh, raw, our famous historian and uh, raw birthday reporter and dates and history man. Of course, John Gross, even Suplex Green, one of our hosts on Raw Radio. Yeah, I mean, when he went out there and kind of cut like a pipe bomb, you're thinking, who's letting him do this? I mean, is it Stephanie? Is it Shane? Is it Vince? I mean, is someone going to tell him to just cut his mic off? It, I don't think it was Vince. I don't think it was Vince either. It could have been Stephanie maybe just said, you know what, maybe, I mean, they didn't say Shane was there last night. Apparently he had the night off, however. And unfortunately, um, it might have been Stephanie. But uh, talking about Seth Rollins, of course, a very good promo to start the show. Of course, he had a very good match with John Cena, of course, that kept him in the triple threat, of course, thanks to your boys, AJ Styles and the club, which was a very good match. And then later in the night, of course, AJ took on Dean Ambrose in a very good match. And, of course, Cena decided to get retribution on uh, AJ, but in the night, Seth Rollins and uh, the club, along with AJ, however, had plenty to say to both Cena and the World Chamber by leaving them laying there in the center of the ring and up on the stage there at the Emil Arena in Tampa. So uh, I thought uh, both those matches were good. Uh, I did like the opening matchup. The Divas Tag I thought was pretty good with Paige and Sasha looking really good. I think Sasha's definitely coming more and more for that title. I think she's going to win it either at Battleground or maybe coming up in another six weeks, I feel, from Charlotte at SummerSlam, unless they have her win it before then. Um, the one match that I kind of really didn't like and I really had uh, a really strong opinion about, however, even though it was not really kind of a match, and I think a lot of people were uh, not sure where they're going with this, however, was the whole thing involving... Let me think here. I, I remember this, too. I should know this. Was uh, your uh, one of your other favorite tag teams, the New Day, taking on the Whites. I mean, what's going on with that whole thing? I would like to know and uh, get your opinion on that. That's just weird. Yeah, I mean, Xavier just looked like he saw a ghost. I mean, I mean, you had Big E and you had Kofi having a little fun with the fans, obviously, and they were kind of ripping apart the Whites. And, of course, they came out wearing the outfits. I thought... 
Biggie's mustache was pretty funny. Howard looking like Bray, and then Kofi looking a little bit funny as uh, Rowan, if you will. But when he saw uh, Xavier, he saw freaking Bray and uh, the rest of the Whites come out, Howard, it's just like he froze in fear, and it looked like he just had this scared little look in his eyes, thinking, Howard, oh, my God, he's going to absolutely murder me for this, and this is just not going to go well. So I don't know where they're going to go with this, but we'll have to wait and see tonight. Obviously, of course, they're going to be taping SmackDown later this evening. We understand down there in Miami, Florida, the Rock's hometown, if you will, formally at the American Airlines Arena, if you will. Yes, the American Airlines Arena, I should say. And uh, speaking of the Whites, the Whites were originally set to be on tonight with the coach, Jonathan Coachman, but because of uh, the untimely passing of Pat Summit earlier today, as we mentioned earlier, uh, that will not be the case now. So that uh, segment with the Whites and the coach now has been postponed for this evening. So uh, unfortunately, they will probably try to reschedule, I would imagine, for next week after the 4th of July, unless they push it at a later date. So we'll have to watch that very, very carefully. Okay, uh, with that said, now we are now going to go into the semi-main event, however, and Gerard will tell us what that semi-main event was. The semi-main event was the 60-man uh, battle royal, I guess. Yes. Yes. And uh, Kevin Nash eliminated Lex Luger for the world title. Yes. And, of course, uh, some of the competitors that were in this match, of course, uh, some of them were actually uh, not on the show originally, but more like warm-up type guys. And Nitro and part-time Thunder and worldwide guys, including uh, Gentleman Chris Adams, uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton, The Big Show, Glacier, Juventud Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Eddie, Horace Hogan, Barry Horowitz, believe it or not, which surprised me. Of course, we all know about Barry Horowitz's uh, career back in the WWE in the mid-'80s as a part-time jobber. Uh, Kidman, Conan, Lenny Lane, uh, the Renegade, who was one of his final appearances, Psychosis, Fiano Five, Vincent, Kendall Wyndham, Tokyo Magnum, Norman Smiley, uh, Silver King, uh, Scott Putsky, the son of the Polish hammer, Ivan Putsky, who actually had a brief run in WCW for a short time, however. Uh, Ernest the Cat Miller, Scott Flash Norton, La Parca, Lodi, Lismark Jr., a lot of big names. Uh, as a result, like you said, Kevin Nash did beat his fellow uh, Wolfpack mate, Lex Luger, to go on to face, uh, believe it or not, uh, Goldberg, which he would do a month later. Originally, however, they were supposed to have a match between Nash and Hall, however, but that was canceled after Eric Bischoff came out, however, and ordered Vincent, Scott Norton, the Giants, Stevie Ray, and Ams to attack Hall. And as a result, Nash then came out and saved his best friend from the beatdown, however, as a result. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this whole thing that happened, however, prior to the Battle Royal, and your thoughts about the Battle Royal in general? Yeah, it was great. Yes. Yes, it was very interesting to see what Bischoff did, of course. As we mentioned, of course, a month later, Kevin Nash, thanks to Scott Hall, however, would uh, stop the streak, if you will, Bill Goldberg's, however, at Star K98, however, in the brand-new MCI Verizon Center, which also that same night, however, at uh, Star K98, was the event that saw uh, Eric Bischoff take on Ric Flair, however, mind you, however, in more ways than one. So uh, it was a very, very unique match. Of course, I remember that uh, very first Star K that was held in the nation's capital, the brand, or excuse me, that was the second year, I should say, that was held in the MCI Verizon Center. I mean, they did Starcade uh, 97, 98, 99, and 2000. Uh, of course, 97, 
That was the event where Sting took on Hogan for the first time. However, in the main event, 17,500 showed up for that event. The next year, 16,066 would show up at the event. The third year, only 8,500 fans or 8,600 fans would show up. And by the end of uh, the run, however, they would have only 6,600 fans. So, Starcade was around in the nation's capital for only four years, however. But in that time, they did some pretty good crowds, however, mind you, in more ways than one. It was sort of like uh, going back to watch uh, Starcade all over again when they used to have it at the legendary Greensboro Coliseum in the early mid-80s, from 1983 through 86, before they took it out of the territory for a while. Uh, Gerard... Your thoughts about Starcade being held in the nation's capital in the late 90s and in the early part of 2000? Uh, I thought it was great to hold it there. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. And, of course, at one time, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF, believe it or not, actually began there back in the mid-60s at the old Capitol building, of course. But, uh, like I said, any time... Uh, wrestling's in the nation's capital and our good friend John Gross's neighborhood Howard there in D.C. They always seem to have good crowds and on this night uh, unfortunately it was not in the nation's capital it was still just outside of Kevin Nash's uh, neck of the woods if you will there in Detroit Rock City at the Palace of Auburn Hills if you will and as a result he ended up defeating uh, Lex Luger and 60 up and I believe yeah, 60 other guys, however, I think it was 60 other guys, I can't remember, but nevertheless, he went on to go on to defend, uh, the, get his opportunity at the WCW world title, and as a result, however, he would get his opportunity by winning the world title, as we said, by getting help from his friend Scott Hall, who will be coming out with his new DVD a week from today, ladies and gentlemen, and I know Gerard's looking forward to it, along with Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer, myself, and a lot of Scott Hall fans out there. As a result, it is entitled Living on a Razor's Edge, the Scott Hall story. Gerard, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it yet, but it looks like it's going to be a very, very unique DVD and fascinating to hear Scott Hall's life story both in and out of the ring. Yes, it uh, is very cool. Yes, yes, indeed. And, of course, we'll talk more about that, of course, I believe, later on this week how at some point or maybe early next week on Raw Radio for our 50th episode here on the 4th of July. You never know. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, that being said, however, uh, Gerard now has our main event uh, for us here, ladies and gentlemen, in more ways than one. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, however, we will turn it over to him right now to give us the main event, however, and give us his opinion. So, Gerard, please, go to us our main event and your opinion of the main event, please. Diamond Dallas Page versus Bret Hart for the United States title with Diamond Dallas winning. Yes. Yes. And it was a great match. Yes, it was, and I would have to agree there. Of course, Diamond Dallas Page, of course, in 1997, of course, with battled guys like Randy Savage and others. Of course, Bret Hart uh, had come by way of WWE, of course, uh, the year before. However, mind you, however, after what had happened in Montreal, of course, with Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, as you know, at one time uh, held the WCW World's Heavyweight title, I believe. Or let me just check here and look at my notes here. Uh, he actually... Where is it? I just saw it a second ago. Uh, he did hold the w- yes, he did. He did hold the WCW World's Heavyweight Title twice, I should say. He also held the World's U.S. Title four straight times, however, during his brief run there, and also at one time was a World Tag Team Champion with uh, Bill Goldberg, of course, in WWE. We know about his history. He won twice the King of the Ring. He also won Superstar of the Year. 
He also won the IC title twice as well as the Tag Team Championship twice. He won the main World's Heavyweight title five different times, however. He also had uh, the Feud of the Year as well as twice had five-star matches of the year. That included his matchup with Owen Hart in 1994 at SummerSlam in Chicago, which was a great match. And, of course, it's on one of Brett's DVDs you can go back and watch. I think it's on the... The best there is, the best there was, the best that ever will be. One of his very first DVDs, of course. Uh, he also had that memorable feud with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course. However, that was a great match at WrestleMania 13 in Chicago. He also went on to face him again, along with uh, his family. that consisted of his brother, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, and a good friend of his family's, however, the late, great Brian Pillman, taking on Austin and the Road Warriors and Ken Shamrock at... Uh, Fully loaded, if you will, however, the July 6, 1997 WWE In Your House Canadian Stampede Show, which is a great, great match. And if you've not seen that, I suggest you check that out. Uh, Of course, 2006 and 2011, his DVDs, of course, were both the best of all time, including, uh, as I mentioned, the one I just mentioned from 2006. The other one that was very, very good included uh, his uh, sit-down conversation with uh, Shawn Michaels that Jim Ross conducted back in 2011, a very good DVD there. And if you've not seen his DVD about the dungeon matches that uh, were lost in the archives, however, and that have not been seen for a long time, as well as other matches in general that never made to the other DVDs that came out, he came out with, including, like I said, the Hitman Hearts story, as well as the Shawn Michaels story. You might want to watch the greatest dungeon matches of Bret Hart's career. Uh, some very, very fascinating matches there, to say the least. So you owe it to yourself to check it out. So with that said, uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, 1998's World War Three, indeed. Again, it was a great war to close it out. However, as this was the last year they would have this event. Uh, Gerard, quickly on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you rate this show? And I believe Gerard has stepped back out again, unless he'll be back here in a second. We'll try him here in a second. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, uh, he will be back with us here in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. As we said, we will be definitely talking about Raw, of course, from last night. Coming up later on tonight, of course, Gerard, after the show here tonight, will be uh, joining us uh, uh, at 9 o'clock with his thoughts about uh, Raw and also, in general, some other major things, if you will, however, mind you, including uh, we'll talk about, let's just say, uh, some things going on in the world of uh, news, let's just say. Of course, uh, Gerard will, is right now uh, manning the news desk at the same time uh, here on tonight's... Oh, he's back with us now. You can hear him now. Gerard, are you back. back with us? Okay. I was just saying, uh, you are right now getting some big stories planned up on the news desk right now for our big show coming up here in just a little bit. I imagine there's a lot of big stories coming out tonight, however, and I know you've got uh, some stories that you're keeping uh, abreast on, uh, basically keeping us informed, however, uh, on what big stories uh, there are right I'm gonna now. I'm going to let you go, uh, uh, so I'll be back uh nine but uh okay i gotta nope. take off okay all right no problem i'll wrap it up here then all right all right bye bye all right and there you have it gerard t smith unfortunately we'll we'll have to get his rating later on tonight you can hear his rating uh opinion later on but i'm going to be here at least for another 10 minutes or so so i'm going to keep you entertained here folks uh while we're uh 
on the air here for at least another 10 minutes anyway. And, of course, we want to thank Gerard T. Smith for coming aboard here tonight, the phenomenal one, a.k.a. King NWO, who is a member of our news team each and every night, however, Monday through Friday, of course, here on TalkShoe.com. Of course, he had a great moment there. Of course, next week, folks, uh, it is my turn once again of hosting a moment. However, let's just say I've got a great moment in store for you all next week. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's just say I'm not going to spoil it right now, but I can tell you right now it's going to be pretty big, and you might want to stay tuned as far as that goes. And, of course, we will tell you next week, ladies and gentlemen, what our um, big moment is when we come back on the air next Tuesday. Um, ladies and gentlemen, some other news going on right now, and uh, we have heard some other news going on today. Uh, unfortunately, it is very heartbreaking news. However, yet again, we told you about what happened earlier today with the passings of two sports figures, but uh, this news, however, is bigger than that. This is more important than sports. It's more important wrestling. This is about uh, life in general. And case in point, however, I'm talking about earlier this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, we understand at Ataturk Airport in Istanbul, Turkey, apparently three suicide bombers strapped uh, with nothing but explosives, however, apparently, however, needless to say, blew up uh, innocent people at an airport just outside of Istanbul, Turkey. And uh, just a short time ago, less than, actually, it was less than... An hour ago, we heard reports uh, out of Istanbul confirmed to us that, uh, according to the AP, as of right now, however, an unnamed official was saying that, according to reports, over 50 people were feared dead. That's right, 50 people dead. Uh, Turkish broadcaster NTV did report, however, that the death toll, as of now, is about 38 people with about 105 or so wounded. However, recently, within the last little bit of time, however, within the last half hour or so, uh, the latest update we can now say at this point, however, it has been confirmed to us that over 28 are feared dead and 60 people or so injured. But now we're just getting more word in now within the last couple of seconds that that, unfortunately, is no longer the case. Apparently, six people are listed in critical condition, we understand, while the latest report has now told us, according to the Justice Minister just a short time ago, just about five minutes ago, according to TRT World, we understand now that toll has now gone up to 30 people killed and over 145 people wounded. So, uh, unfortunately, we are still getting more information as we go along here this afternoon, or should I say this evening, but uh, this is what we can tell you as of right now. About two hours ago, reports uh, said out of the AP and NTV in Turkey from unnamed officials uh, stating that over 50 people were feared dead. 50 people were feared dead, excuse me, following an explosion at Ataturk International Airport just outside of Istanbul, Turkey, earlier this evening, however. And as a result, however, Three bombers uh, who have not been identified of their names, ages, or nationalities at this point, however, apparently set off an explosion in the airport, just outside the airport in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, from the latest we've heard, however, at one point was that we heard that at least 35 people were feared dead and 100 or so were wounded. Well, according to a report that just came in, believe it or not, just about 
15 minutes ago from the Turkish Justice Minister. We understand now, according to reports, however, that six people are, feel, are in critical condition at this point, however, after the attacks that occurred, however, and as a result, however, the toll has now gone up from, uh, if I can find it here, 105 people hurt, however, to over 150 people hurt. And as far as fatalities go, however, we thought that the number was 38. However, it has now been confirmed to us that 30 people have been feared and are actually have been confirmed dead. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a short time ago, a couple of hours ago, we heard that over 105 people were feared dead. That is not the case. Instead, they have been hurt. 35 people, however, have been confirmed dead. Well, now we can say at this point that has changed within the last 20 minutes or so, according to reports from what we are gathering, according to CNN, uh, CNN and Fox News right now. And the latest, according to the Turkish Justice Minister, believe it or not, however, it has been confirmed to us now, as of this moment, however, that 25 to 30 people are feared dead, and 150 or so people are feared severely wounded. This is the third such attack within the past two years. Uh, the first attack, of course, occurring, as you know, back in Paris a year ago, and then earlier this past year in Brussels, Belgium, and now apparently in Turkey. That happened earlier today. Um, as far as my own opinion goes about this whole ordeal, um, I can honestly say I am saddened and very just heartbroken to hear about this ordeal. And uh, I, along with everyone else, would like to express my thoughts and prayers to those people tonight in Turkey. Uh, we are definitely thinking of you, and we hope uh, um, things turn around for the better, so to speak. I mean, I don't know what else we can say except our, our hearts uh, feel for you tonight in a lot of ways. This is just absolutely devastating news to hear, to say the least. And it's just very, very much... Uh, emotional to say the least over there right now and of course we will continue to monitor this situation in the coming days ahead and I'm sure throughout the night tonight if we do hear anything more um, when we go on at 9 o'clock I'm sure we will definitely uh, let you know when we get back on the air and talk uh, to you all on our revolution show maybe we'll have an update on that but if not uh, we will definitely uh, kind of maybe touch upon a little bit about it maybe tomorrow night on our two shows uh, outside the ropes of course and also the wrestling debate more likely outside the ropes we'll discuss this a little quite a bit uh, but as I said folks uh, this is just very heartbreaking this is very very heartbreaking to hear this news and uh, we are still getting updates uh, handed to us as we speak um, within the last as I said within the last 20 minutes or so according to the White House we understand uh, that 30 people have been f confirmed dead and 145 to 150 or so wounded after what went down earlier today. So uh, we're definitely going to be keeping you up to date, ladies and gentlemen, on this very, very heartbreaking tragedy uh, in more ways than one. So uh, that being said, again, from all of us here tonight at uh, Wrestling uh, Revisited, uh, I can't only speak for myself, but my colleagues, however, including Gerard T. Smith, Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, the Black Widow, 
Michelle Lynn Dodds, Kendrick Dillow, and Alan Smith, the last kicker, Amory Reckenbach, the JML Experience, the Big IQ, Jeff Teeters, uh, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Uh, all of our hearts go out to you in Turkey tonight. And uh, we will be saying prayers for all of you, certainly. And uh, we just want you to know that we will be uh, hoping that things uh, take a turn for the better rather than not uh, get any more uh, bad, let's just say, to say the least. I mean, already it's been a very emotional day, an emotional night there, I can imagine, in that neck of the woods. So, uh, again, uh, we just want to just express our deep felt, heartfelt condolences. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Got a little sidetracked there, but you know what? Sometimes, however, uh, when... It comes to stories like this, however, and I'm supposed to be talking about the main topic of the show, which is part of our show, Wrestling Hour. Sometimes you have to put this on the back burner for a little bit, and let's just say it wasn't worth uh, talking about, at least in my eyes. And like I said, I just think it's just um, unfortunate that it had to come to this again. I mean, we saw what happened, as we said earlier this past year in Brussels, as well as Paris a year ago, and now you look at what happened tonight in Turkey, it's just traumatic, to say the least. Okay, well, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up here about a minute early, how a minute and a half early here on the show tonight, I do want to thank uh, Gerard T. Smith coming aboard tonight uh, with his great moment there. Fantastic moment again, Gerard. Very much well-deserved how I think all of our fans will enjoy listening to this, as well as you, the fans out there. And don't forget, we're here each and every Tuesday night with your Time Machine show, one seven two four 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 seven four 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 four. Caller ID number one three nine nine two six pound And number one, you can talk to myself, Gerard, or whoever else comes on our show each and every Tuesday. Again, that number is one seven two four 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 four. 7444. Okay, well, I know Gerard right now had to go back to the news desk for a little while to get some more news for us, how to get prepared for tonight's revolution. So we'll talk to him in a little bit. We will also talk to you in a little bit. We want to thank you for joining us again. Don't forget, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with another great new show, episode number 32. Um, I just want to say to everyone out there, however, and I will be saying this again later on during the later on this week, but I just want to say to all of you out there, uh, later this week, I hope you have a wonderful, safe, happy 4th of July weekend. Be careful out there. Uh, don't eat too much uh, burgers and dogs. And be careful of the firecrackers, especially you youngsters out there, whether you're young or old. Just be very safe if you are doing something with fireworks or firecrackers this week. And just don't do anything outrageous, let's just say. I can say it best there. Don't do anything crazy. So for now, uh, this is the Iceman, I guess, saying so long from uh, the control desk right now. I will be back in a little bit with Gerard T. Smith and the rest of our panel. So uh, have a good night, everyone. Thank you for listening, and as always, God bless.